So it's 8 a.m. in the morning. And it's ridiculous. Like, I'm looking around this neighborhood, which is objectively pretty nice. You know, I mean, it's definitely a modern, you know, typical year 2000 neighborhood kind of look. But uh, a little bit more traditional, maybe. can see now it's a bit more of a conservative area than I realized in the past. Traditional look. Yeah, it's just amazing the noise, like all the motors. Like I can hear four mo another one just started literally. Uh yeah, I can hear four motors. Just these loud weed whacker motors. And it's amazing how loud they seem now. Especially from just coming from uh, where was I? Tepetzlan, Mexico. You know, outside of the biggest city I've ever seen. You know, paid attention to anyway. And it was just an hour out of there and so much quieter than this. I just, I guess I'm realizing how fucking loud the suburbs are. Just with lazy stuff. Weed whackers and leaf blowers are the craziest. Use a fucking broom. Uh, yeah, I can just hear motors for everything. Engines. This is... Uh, this is ridiculous. This is us being so fucking lazy. This is why we're destroying the planet. Like, I was just looking in, you know, the house where I'm staying, and it's like, there is so much stuff, so much food. And seriously, the food wouldn't go bad, which of course it does. There's a lot in my closets that were cabinet for their calm pantry. And literally, there's enough in there for me to live an entire month. Like when you when a hurricane comes and people quote stock up, you don't need to stock up. Just fucking sit there, because you know worst case scenario you're looking at a week, and I can guarantee you got more than a week's worth of shit in their pantry. And if you don't want to eat it, then give it to someone who will eat it. Uh, you know what? It's just the conspicuous consumption is so ridiculously obvious right now. Just fuck all of this shit. Can you believe this noise? I can't believe this noise. Okay, a little bit later. Adding a part two. Only ten minutes later. I'm seeing my old house. And the first thing I see is all the projects I did. And there's so much of it I did myself. Like, I can see me. As I look around, I see a lot of people hiring people to do stuff. And I did it, you know, I painted it myself. I ran the network myself. I did the tile myself. Like, at all these things I learned. 
And then I like kind of, especially after the divorce, I customized it. I made it really as efficient as possible to be responsible with the environment and my resources. We've got the, yeah, the solar panels and the insulation I put in near the end, and all the insulated windows. This was just a really good, safe home. But I'm realizing, like, my whole goal in making this house was to literally make an insulated box where I don't interact with the outside world because I felt like it was, I don't know, dirty outside? Hot and humid for sure in South Florida. But, you know, a lot of that is just what I'm conditioned to. Seminole Indians used to live here in Florida and they were, they just acclimatized to the weather. We could just learn to deal with things differently. But yeah, so many plants I planted with my own hands and You know, I look at it and there's this sort of attachment. Like, man, to go through, I know I would be in tears. Like, I can feel it in my nose and my eyes looks. That feeling of wanting to cry. Just from, um, I don't know, nostalgia. I remember my friend Jay said one time, you know, nostalgia? It seems sweet, but it's um, there's a lot of sadness in it. Because it's, yeah, it's sort of like, I don't have this anymore. It's different. That's what nostalgia is. And I could feel that feeling happening to me. And like, you know, yeah, it's amazing. Anyway. Then I, as I could feel it going and started feeling sad, I'm like, oh man, did I make the right move to move and everything? And then, man, it took one second. I was just like, yeah, I'm so glad. Thank God. Thank God. Because it was just maintenance to sort of keep up this attempt to be detached from the world. It's such a crazy thing. Oh, it doesn't make sense. And just see it in, um, I'm at my sister's house, and I can see our familial trait of just having so much shit, so much food, you can never, it's never going to eat it, like so much of it's going to go bad. I think it feels like you're saving time, because like, oh, I'll just shop for two weeks now, and then I won't have to go shop for two weeks. But, you know what's kind of nice about shopping? frequently because we shop twice a week and we just grab enough for you know three or four days two or three days and what's really nice about that is you sort of know what you have and then as your taste change you're like oh i gotta man we haven't had such and such in so long you know you go get it you're like hey we're going to go shop in two days let's grab some Oh, you guys might be getting shit sound because of the blocking of this uh, headphones, but anyway, yeah, just walking around the neighborhood and um, listening to air conditioning machines and weed whackers and thinking about the life I lived and all the shit that I had hidden behind drawers and cabinets. Really crazy. 
And yeah, you can get to where you miss it because you're focusing on what you miss rather than what do I have and where am I now? Would I trade who I was then? Because I think I was starting to feel a type of happiness that was really just other people are impressed with me. Yeah, it was just my ego's happiness, but it wasn't my happiness. And I've always been able to really feel the difference between me and my ego. And I, I don't know how to describe that well yet. That'll be in my next project, which is starting soon. That's going to be a big part of the focus. But anyway, um, yeah, it's super interesting to be here. It's kind of like, yeah, when you take the hero's journey, fuck, you know what this is? This is when you take the hero's journey as a butterfly flies right across my face, prompted by the special effects guy. Thank you very much, special effects guy. But, um, yeah, it's like the, uh, you know, when the hero comes home, it's just like, yeah, the town is the same, and there's the house I grew up in, and there's where mom died, and there's where the, you know, Uncle Jerry, you know, built that church, you know, like you see in an old film. There's a tree I planted with dad before we went, went off to the war and never came back. <laughs> Nostalgia, sadness. I had something and I lost it. There, there was something better before. Make it great again. Because it's shit now. Is the rest of the sentence. Or maybe the foundation. Yeah, the foundation of the sentence. And now I live this life with weird freedom. The synchronicities this week, you guys, honestly. I haven't been able to write them down because I'm, I just have to process them in the middle and think about them because some of them call for decisions, but I won the game. I won the game. But it's almost like I didn't play it. I was so busy playing the game. I didn't, I can't remember playing much of it. I just saw a dude I know. Yeah, he's the homeboy you should live behind me. He's a teacher. Let me see him real quick. This will be an interesting bit of nostalgia. He was a teacher also. Is he at my school? Not at my school. No, because I would have him. He's at a, the neighboring school. I can't remember his fucking name. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's really weird. It's like the hero coming back. Yeah, that's how I feel right now. <laughs> you know, in the movies, the hero, or maybe I should say just the protagonist, um, but leaves home, you know, leaves the opening scene location, lives an adventure, and usually returns to a closing scene. That's a true hero's journey. Because the hero does return home in order to try to contribute. Oh, that's not true. The 
never returns home because, you know, because that's pretty fucking feeble. So what's going on with me? I guess I feel like this type of town, though I love it, I'm thankful for it, it just never was my home. So I'm still on my hero's journey. I guess. But it is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's amazing to come back after a year and a half out and see the difference here. See the contrast. I think homie's coming. I still can't remember his fucking name. All right. Anyway, I'll be back. Again with the synchronicities. So yeah, a neighbor passed. It was one of Danny's old teachers. And they also used to live right behind us, in the house right behind us, behind me. And had a really cool conversation. And it was so cool, I could tell, like... That, like, at the beginning, they were kind of like, huh, I'm not so sure about this. And then they were sort of inspired. And it just made me really think about how much of our lives that we're fighting f to make them even easier and lazier and less engaged and more comfortable, how uninspiring <clears throat> all of that is, but it's so easy to get stuck in distracting yourself or, um, you know, achieving a goal that somebody else set for us here in, especially in America, especially in conservative America where I grew up in, it was my family's preferred mode of interacting with politics and religion. And yeah, just realizing how much our culture, recently I've been realizing how much our culture influences our perspectives on the world, our ideas about truth, our ideas of what's obviously reality, it's all bullshit. <laughs> because when you get out of your own culture and your own meaning making that was handed to you by mommy and daddy or culture or church or whatever, your ideals, when you hold on to that, you're, um, you gotta let go of yourself. You gotta let go of your own heart. You gotta let go of you. And your relationship with truth itself, which is the same thing as love itself, which is the same thing as God. Which is the same thing behind quantum physics and Newtonian physics. Somehow. It's almost like Newtonian physics is a bubble within quantum physics. Like a, a collapsing of a set of options. Oh, I don't know. But anyway, oh, another cool thing is I shared my religious idea 
with my neighbors and you know a lot this week I've just been kind of testing it out on different people and everybody's interested at least in listening and hearing and and a lot of people actually have their own input feedback and perspective to share which is to me just super interesting it always has been so interesting episode this is one of our first episodes where yeah it's kind of jumping this way but we've had a couple like this all my back to Florida's since moving it's really weird to come back and see how different your life is when you moved culture shock So now my son's coming. And I was just thinking about him and how much I love him and how incredible our relationship is. And it made me think about the Bible, you know, and that verse that says, I think it was when Jesus came up out of the water being baptized. And I'm pretty sure that's when it is. But um, the clouds open up, of course. (laughs) Not literally. And... What does it say? It says the clouds open up or something. And then a voice from heaven, assumed to be God by pretty much everybody, I believe, says, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Excuse me while I make coffee. Oh boy, and I think my son, in whom I am well pleased, is pulling in. Um, but anyway, I was just thinking about that, about how hearing that from your father at the beginning of your, quote, ministry or whatever. The beginning of your life, the beginning of your career, the beginning of your... Ministry means service. Of your service to the world, the thing you're created to do. At the beginning of doing that, when you said, like, hey, here, I'm making this proclamation, because Jesus was getting baptized at the time. So he's, like, making this proclamation of this fucking life. Oh, wait. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, it's a pooch. That's not going to be my son. Ooh, watch out, doggy. You're going to get burnt. Um, hey, dude. Here's my nephew. Also, in whom also I am well pleased. What's going on, dude? Good to see you. And, um, so yeah, I was thinking, like, that that's what, um, was a big part, I think, of Jesus. Oh, shit! Cooper! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go outside. Go outside. It's just because of the hot. I got what's on the end of Huh? Um. Uh. So where was I? Uh, yeah, about how that kind of love and confidence from a father how that would change someone's life and make them able to change the world the way Jesus did. And that maybe the special relationship between Jesus and God was just that Jesus was open to the message from his spiritual father, right? His uh, 
consciousness father, God, as well as, assumably, you know, is that a word, assumably? Assumably is physical father, biological father, if he had one. The story is they didn't have one, but I don't think it matters whether Joseph was involved or not. Just like it doesn't matter for you. If your dad was involved or not, God is still your father. I think that maybe is the story of the whole Bible. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking about how freaking proud I am of my son. And how... I hope he knows that. And how I hope I can express it without tripping all over my stupid words, which I tend to do. Apologies to everybody. All right, that's it for now. More coming later.